Let's pray as we come to God's word. Father God, we've uh, sung this morning about the great and certain and assured hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We've heard it talked about and we've heard of your gospel shared as people receive uh, your saving gospel uh, at Griffith. Uh, Lord, as we come to your word now, please remind us of the riches of Christ and all he's done for each and every one of us. Lord, remind us, refresh us, refocus us, and help us to walk in light of your good gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, winter has set in. Uh, the mornings and the nights are getting a bit cooler. I think it's the first time that I felt really hot up here because of uh, the aircon on heat directly hitting me. Uh, we're beginning to get our jackets out for some of us, except for Tim, uh, who might come later in, in the year, maybe in July, uh, for once or twice. Um, you're turning the heaters on, uh, but if you booked a trip to go skiing down south next week, you shouldn't feel too confident right now, because this is what Threadbow looks like right now. As you can see, there's not much snow, not much white. I don't think the chairlifts are working. Uh, not a skier, not a snowboarder to be seen. Apparently, it's El Nino. It's going to be a warmer uh, and dry winter up in the slopes. And it's so bad that you can actually see uh, that they've got the snow machines out, uh, those little blue things behind there. Uh, but even then, uh, those aren't even helping too much at all. You see a ski trip, uh, no snow. Uh, your confidence levels uh, would be pretty low right now. Well, as we think about mission and the gospel message, it's really easy for us to think about mission and to have that same low confidence level as looking toward a ski trip with no snow. We wholeheartedly believe in the good news of Jesus, but when it comes to telling others, often our confidence levels drop. Does the gospel message really work? Are we confident that the good news of Jesus works or do our confidence levels drop and we think or we act in a way that says, can the gospel really save my family member or my friend? Last week, we looked at conviction being captured by God's mission, and we saw the church as a lifeboat, having a heart's desire to see people saved, urging them to call on the name of Jesus to be saved, seeing that God has sent each and every one of us with this task. Well, this morning, we look at confidence, confidence that the gospel works, that salvation is truly found in Jesus. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 1, this rich passage, one of my favorite passages, I think it will fill our confidence in the gospel, being reminded afresh that the gospel works, that trusting in Jesus as Lord works. And for this to benefit firstly ourselves and our own confidence in Jesus as we ourselves go through the ups and downs of life. 
And this is also to benefit others too. For us to be so confident that salvation is found in Jesus that we'd want to tell others and we'd want others to know that good news that works too. Well, as we dive into Ephesians 1 today, uh, Ephesus, it was a big city full of trades, industries. It was a place also of immorality, uh, temple worship. It was all about sex and promiscuity. It was also a place of comfort and entertainment. It had a huge harbor, a huge amphitheater. It was a city of relaxing, chilling, and living it up. And amidst this backdrop, Paul, he pens this letter, encouraging Christians to keep living for Jesus, to be confident in Christ. And he starts the letter with one huge sentence. Verse 3 all the way to 14. 202 Greek words. It was maybe a hymn in the early church. And if it was a hymn, it'd be one of those hymns that keeps repeats and repeats and repeats. The refrain, the title of this hymn would probably be In Christ, In Him. It's repeated at least 11 times in this sentence, giving us a clue of what this passage is all about. And if you have your Bibles open, it starts like this in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He starts with praise. Praise God because he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's referring to eternal or forever blessings. And the source of this blessing, these blessings, it's found in Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings are found in Christ. Every single one. This means that all spiritual blessings found in Jesus, not some, not most, all of them, every single one. It means that no works are needed on top of the work of Jesus to be saved, just Jesus, only Jesus. It's all found in trusting in Jesus, believing in Jesus, being united to Jesus, calling on the name of Jesus like we heard last week to be saved. Verse 4 to 14, go on and list these blessings. And it starts like this. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Just as God says to Israel in the Old Testament, you're mine, I choose you. God says that for every single person who's a believer, you're mine. I choose you. He did this before creation passed. Whatever you think about sovereignty and free will in the mystery of how God works in this world, it's clear here that salvation, it's God's initiative. It's God's choosing. It's all grace. He chose us in him. He chose us to be knitted to Jesus 
and in that way to be holy and blameless to be saved. God's choosing before time for us to be blameless and holy, it's worked, it's done in Jesus. Verse 5 and 6. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. God predestined us for adoption. Predestination or election, I know it's caused late-night conversation, especially in youth and young adult camps, and people disagree with this idea. But let me challenge you, while there's unhelpful teaching about this out there, Paul definitely talks about God electing or predestining us here in this passage. And he says it's a good thing. In love, he did this. You see, in adoption, the kid doesn't usually choose the parent. The parent chooses or elects the kid. You see, God elected us to be adopted, to be brought into his family, to become sons. It's the image here that we're so adopted and entrenched in God's family that you even get to share in the family inheritance as sons back in the day. We're fully in God's family. And this adoption, it's made possible in Jesus, through Jesus Christ, and it results in praise to God. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, with which he lavished upon us. We move from choosing to adoption, now to redemption, and to redeem, it's a price paid to secure freedom. In the Old Testament days, and even to the first century, slaves were redeemed, and a price was paid to secure that freedom. And once we were slaves to sin, we were slaves to sin heading to death, but we've been redeemed, remember. Jesus has paid a price to secure our freedom, and that price is his own blood as he died on the cross in our place. And the result of that redemption is freedom from sin and death. You see, this is the grace that's been lavished on us. Nothing that we've done, but we've been redeemed in Jesus, in Christ, in him. It's all Jesus. Verse 9. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purposes, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things on, in heaven and things on earth. In Jesus, we've been chosen, predestined for adoption, redeemed, and we've also been let in on God's grand plan for salvation and the world. This plan that centers on Jesus, it was set forth in Christ 
and it ends with all things united in Christ. And if that's God's grand plan for salvation in the world, where would you rather be than in Christ? As we get to the last part of the section, the repetition, it gets predictable, but it reinforces that every blessing is really found in Jesus. And this last section shows us that in Christ we have assurance for the future because we are God's possession. Verse 11 begins with a broad statement. In him we, that's all of God's people, have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You see, in Jesus, we've been all adopted into God's family. We've all obtained this inheritance as a true son in a family does. Verse 12 moves on to talk about Paul and the Jewish experience so that we, Jewish Christians, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. You see, the Jews hoped in a promised saviour, and this was realised as they trusted in Jesus. Paul then, he moves to the Gentile experience, because the Ephesians, uh, they were Gentiles, and they were struggling with this Jew-Gentile issue if you keep reading through Ephesians. Verse 13 says, In him you also, the Gentiles, the Ephesians, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our, both Jew and Gentile, inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. You see, in Christ, unlike in the Old Testament times, these Gentile Christians, they aren't second-rate believers. After hearing the gospel, they were also saved the same way, believing in Jesus. And they were sealed or marked the same way Jewish Christians were promised, all through the Old Testament with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not just a seal, it's also a guarantee to both Jew and Gentile. It's like a deposit with a promise, an assurance for the future, saying that we belong to God. We belong to Him, waiting for that day that we fully possess our inheritance when we experience in full, in completion, what truly a son of God is. What a right relationship with God in the new creation is like. You see, this assurance of the future, this promise of being fully part of God's forever family, it's found only in Jesus, in him, in him. It's all in Jesus. All spiritual blessings are found in Christ. And we've seen this all through today's passage. And this leads to nothing other than praise, praising God for making it possible for us sinners 
heading on the highway to judgment to be saved to eternity. He chose us in Christ. He adopted us in Christ. He redeemed us in Christ. He made known to us God's plans in Christ. He assures us of the future in Christ. In Christ alone, our hope is found. Every spiritual blessing is found in him. You see, Paul, he writes to these Ephesians, these new Gentile believers, saying, in Christ, you've got it all. All spiritual blessings are found in him. God's work of salvation, it begins in Christ as we were chosen for adoption in him. It's one in Christ as he redeemed us from sin and death by his blood on the cross. And it ends in Christ as he gives us his spirit as a guarantee, assuring us that our hope in Jesus will one day be realized in eternity. So if you're a believer today, you are in Christ. You have all, every spiritual blessing in him. There's nothing more to add, nothing else you need. And as we think about what this truth, this reality means for us, I want to focus on two things for this morning. And the first is this. We are to be filled with confidence. Confidence that the gospel works, that being in Christ is the best place to be because all spiritual blessings are found in Christ. Reading these truths from Ephesians 1, it should fill us with confidence to say that Christ really is enough for me. Like we sang before, everything I need is in him. You see, our confidence on mission, starts with our own confidence in the gospel. It starts with your own trust in Jesus. So let me ask you, are you confident that all spiritual blessings are found in Jesus? That spiritual blessings aren't found in how good your job is, how tight your family is, how big your bank balance is, how charitable you are, how much you serve, or how much you've served or been faithful in the past. They're all good things. But all spiritual blessings are found in Jesus. I love seeing new believers in action. CP's probably seen a few of these on campus. Their conviction for the lost to be saved is sky high. They're confidence that the gospel works is through the roof. They'd do anything for the cause of Jesus. Their response isn't, can I do this? Do I have enough time? They say, how high? How far? What else can I do? I know that most of us in this room are long-time believers. You've had that confidence season, but it's not supposed to be a season and that's it. And it's likely that while you wholeheartedly believe that in Christ alone your hope is found, 
your confidence in the gospel might be waning. There's been too many hard knocks in life, too many busy things taking your focus, too many things in church that have been disappointments. But let me encourage you this morning to be reminded afresh, to take stock, to refocus, to reevaluate, to fill up your mind, your heart, your confidence tank. All spiritual blessings are found in Christ. Christ is enough. Everything I have is in Jesus. In April, uh, late April, uh, Andrew and I took a weekend away. Uh, we were both a bit battered and bruised in different ways and different things happening in each of our lives. And in a holiday on the weekend down the coast, we visited a church on Sunday. And we sang a new song during that service to us. And it was one of those timely songs where the lyrics and the truths refocused us to Jesus, rebuked us, and filled our confidence that the gospel works, that all we need has been done in Christ. It's the song that we sang this morning. There's peace that outlasts darkness, hope that's in the blood. There's future grace that's mine today, that Jesus Christ has won. So I can face tomorrow, for tomorrow's in your hands. All I need you will provide, just like you always have. I'm fighting a battle. You've already won. God's won it in Jesus. No matter what comes my way, in him I will overcome. Don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done in Jesus. I'm fighting a battle. You've already won. Let's be reminded this morning that if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, you can be confident that the gospel works, that all spiritual blessings are found, all our needs have been met, and it's all been met in Christ Jesus. Well, as we come to our final section, a lot of you don't know that I have an older brother. He's 11 years older than me. Uh, we don't talk too much. We're like a generation apart. Uh, but recently, we've talked a bit more. Uh, he loves fishing too. It's in the family, as you can guess. And recently, his repeated comment to me is, Josh, he says it's in Chinese, by the way, so it's not exactly the same. Josh, all you need to use is beach worms, beach worms. Beach worms catch everything. Dart, Taylor, Flathead, even Trevallis and Jews. Beach worms are the secret. You see, he's so confident that beach worms work that he keeps telling me beach worms. He says nothing else to me. He doesn't tell me about his day, his work. Beach worms, they work. Just go and get some and you'll catch heaps of big fish. Just do it. You see, having confidence, something that you're sure it works, you will tell others about it. 
This bait will catch fish. This energy company will save you money. This supermarket will have better produce. This car brand will be reliable. This restaurant will be tasty. Uh, this membership will be worth it. You see, when you're confident, when you're sure it works, you will automatically become an evangelist for it. This is true of life, and we all do this. So if you're confident that the gospel works, that all spiritual blessings are in Christ, that all we need is in him, that outside of Jesus we're sitting ducks on the highway to hell, that salvation is only found in Jesus and nowhere else, if you're confident and believe that, then let your confidence move you to tell others about Jesus, that the gospel works. Be an evangelist for the gospel. Let sharing Jesus be something, not something that you're forced to do, grudgingly, shamefully. I guess we have to because God tells us to, or I guess we have to because our pastor keeps talking about it. Let sharing Jesus be a natural overflow from your confidence in Jesus. Something that you want to tell others about because you know that the gospel works, that Jesus does deliver the goods. He chose us. He adopted us. He redeemed us. He gave us insight on God's plan of salvation and the world. And he's going to keep us to the end. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, saying that you're a believer, that you're in Jesus, but not telling others how good Jesus is, it's like having a lamp, a light, but hiding it away, not letting others see the light, the goodness of God in Jesus. And it just doesn't make sense, does it? Because if the gospel is like a light, we want it to be seen. We want to show others. We want others to benefit from the light too. You see, this truth that all spiritual blessings are found in Christ, it also fills our confidence to tell others about Jesus too. The gospel works. The gospel can save them as they trust in Jesus too. So let God's Spirit, through His Word, refresh you, refocus you, fill you with confidence, sending you out with the message that all spiritual blessings, life, redemption, eternity, belonging to God's family, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ 
alone. Well, as we finish off, uh, if you're planning a trip to Threadbow or Perisher this week, uh, you shouldn't be too confident about going skiing at all. But what can each of us be confident about? That the sun will set this evening, the sun will rise tomorrow, that soft drink cans in the fridge will get cold, that coffee from Senzo's is better than Blend 43, that a jumper will keep you warm, that wearing blue over the next few weeks will put a target on your back, I don't know what you did, Spence, that peak hour traffic is going to be terrible, but let's also be confident, assured, certain that all spiritual blessings are found in Jesus, that all we need for life and salvation is found in Jesus. Be confident in this, both for yourself, your own salvation in life, but be confident in this as we think about those around us that salvation is only found as they trust in Jesus. And let your confidence that the gospel works drive you to Christ and drive you to tell others about Jesus. Let's hear the word of Paul once again as we finish. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let's pray. We praise you, God, our Father, for sending Jesus, your beloved Son, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every eternal blessing, every blessing that leads to life and a right standing before you. Please forgive us, Lord, for the times we're not confident or have lost confidence about this, both for ourselves in our own lives, and as we consider others who are lost and heading to judgment without Jesus. Heavenly Father, fill us with confidence in your good news of life found in Jesus. And Father, send us out with confidence to tell others of your good news, that life, that every spiritual blessing is found in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.